Hello, I'm Stephanie Preisner and you're listening to Basically. This week I talked to consumer rights expert Connor Pope about all things travel. What are your rights? If your flights were cancelled, are you due a refund? If your flights weren't cancelled and the flight is still going, are you due a refund? Does insurance even work? When will we ever fly again? And what is going to happen with holidaying? Hi, Connor. Thank you for joining me. No problem at all. I have never had more people panicked um, getting in touch with me about um, what is going on with flights and travel and what to do and what their what their rights are, I guess. And so the main question, I think, is has consumer and consumer air and sea travel entitlements, have those entitlements changed because of this pandemic? And in the broad sense, do you think that they have? The short answer to your question is no. And the more complex answer to your question is yes. Now, I've been doing the price watch thing in the Irish Times for more than 15 years. And I have never received the volume of complaints that I've received in the last six weeks in connection with travel. I have just been swamped with readers of the paper, listeners to the Ray Darcy show, just expressing grave concern about what they're going to do for in the weeks and months ahead and how can they get money back. And the strange thing is that people are, are, are prefacing everything they say by acknowledging that the coronavirus crisis is first and foremost a public health crisis. And a lot of people are almost apologetic because they're saying, listen, this isn't a big deal in the broad scheme of things, but I paid a thousand euros or I paid 2000 euros for my holiday. And I'm now being told that that money is gone. So while the public health thing is still obviously the most pressing thing for all of us, it is still a massive problem for people who have invested sometimes thousands of euro into holidays, into travel plans. And now they find they're in, in a very difficult position. Now, we talk about the rules changing and whether consumer rights have changed. The reality is that if you'd asked me six weeks ago what people's rights were, I would have had one answer. And the answer today is very different, even though the rules and the law haven't changed. Because under EU regulations, it's a, it's a regulation called EU 261. Right. If a flight is cancelled, you are entitled to a rebooking, a rerouting or a refund. Now, the rerouting is not an option now because virtually all flights across Europe have been cancelled. So there is no rerouting option. Uh, So people are entitled to a rebooking or a refund. Now, what airlines are saying is we're we're not breaking the regulations. We're still adhering to the regulations and we will give you a refund, but just not yet. But why don't you take this voucher in its place? And people are being told that if they accept the voucher, let's say with Ryanair, for a cancelled flight, that they will automatically qualify for a cash refund 12 months after the date the voucher is being issued. And that's completely contrary to the law, because under the law, an an airline has to process the refund within seven working days. So there's a big difference between seven working days and a full calendar year. But it's not just Ryanair, it's Ryanair, it's Aer Lingus, it's British Airways, it's KLM. It's virtually every airline in the world is doing exactly the same thing. And what has happened now is that governments, including the Irish government, are pressing the European Union and the European Commission to change the rules retrospectively to facilitate airlines to give vouchers instead of cash. So the governments are trying to say, we want it to be the law that any airline can give a voucher instead of cash because we acknowledge that if everyone who has booked a flight gets a refund, these airlines are gone. 
Well, well, yes. And the thing is, in a way, you have some sympathy for the airlines because we've never been in a crisis like this before. We've never been in a scenario where 99% of all passengers that would normally be tra- normally be traveling on a day like today are simply not allowed to travel anywhere. So we've never been in a crisis like this. Virtually all airlines have grounded virtually all of their fleets. Airports are closed, are, are, are working at, uh, with skeletons, skeletal staff. So the crisis is enormous. And all the aviation industry experts have said, listen, it's so bad that most airlines will be effectively bankrupt by the end of May. And a lot of airlines simply won't survive. So what governments all over the world are doing is they're trying to ensure that the airlines will continue to have a future once this crisis lifts. And that's why they're pushing this voucher scheme as opposed to cash refunds. And I can understand that because if all the airlines, or if 19 or 18 airlines in Europe went to the wall as a result of this crisis, ultimately me and you and all consumers would suffer because that would see the market contracting, it would see comp- competition diminishing. And as a result, there would be an awful lot fewer low-cost fares available to anybody. So they want to protect the industry. And on, on the one hand, what consumers are being asked to do is accept the, accept the vouchers, come back to us in a year, we'll see where we are then, and hopefully everything will be okay. And so what are they saying? Just let me get this straight. So if I had a flight booked and they're saying, yeah, we'll give you a voucher and come back to us in a yeah. year with that, like, that's come back to Ryan, us. That's what, that's what, yeah, that's what Ryanair is saying. Now, Aer Lingus, doesn't have the same mechanisms in place and it's saying here's a voucher it lasts for five years you use it whenever you want and um, what if you don't and, want to travel with Aer Lingus in five years within five years well I mean a lot of people w- will say listen I, I my financial circumstances have changed I won't want to travel in the near future um and, and that that will be their prerogative so they can hold out for a voucher and they can continue to push the airlines or so they can hold out, hold out for a refund, excuse me, and they can continue to push the airlines for the refunds. Um, and the, ultimately, under the law, the airlines will have to give refunds. Now, the, the, the authority, the watchdog that governs this in Ireland is the Commission for Aviation Regulation. And they have a special dedicated website called Flight Rights, and it's www.flightrights.ie. And you can lodge a complaint with the Commission for Aviation Regulation about an airline. Now, I have to say that for the last six or eight weeks, all they've been dealing with in that watchdog, in that commission, has been flights, has been complaints about flights, because it's just a massive problem for for people. So I wouldn't expect to get any kind of redress from the authorities in the short term. But ultimately, if people hold out for it and if they dig in their heels, they will get the money for the flights back. Now, the other issue is people who booked holidays, be they hotels, be they accommodation, be a booking.com or any other type Airbnb type platform, if they book campsites across Europe, all of those operators, or at least most of those operators, have adopted the same position. They're effectively saying, we don't have the cash to give everybody back their money. However, we will give you a credit note and you can use that credit note in a year's time. And some people will be happy with that. Like for instance, I have Ryanair flights booked. I was due to go to Edinburgh in April. But well, you're family. happy with the voucher so, because you know that you're well, going to travel again within five years. And well, abso- absolutely. And I think most people probably yeah. will travel again within five years. So you know, I guess the, the fear, is, though, is like if I take a voucher and Ryanair go bust, what happens then? Or well, any airline? To be honest, the chances of Ryanair going bust are almost nil. I mean, they would be the, the, the richest airline in Europe in terms of cash reserves uh, and they have billions of euros set aside so and, and Ryanair's 
business model, it's been disastrously impacted by this, but the business model, the business model is still rock solid. You know, they are an amazing airline and they do an amazing job. And to all the, you have to give them all the credit in the world. They've driven down prices. Similarly, Aer Lingus is owned by a, a multinational company called IAG. They also own British Airways and they own Iberia. So the chances Spain. of them going bust are So the are chances very of them slim. going bust are slim. Now, there are other airlines that will go bust. And there probably are tour operators and the like that will go bust. Um, now, so what you could do in that, in that, in that situation is... There's two options. One, the government, the Irish government, has decided to guarantee vouchers issued by travel agents uh, for, in, in the weeks ahead because they want Irish travel agents. Travel agents vouchers, Irish travel agents. Yeah. Now, the reason why they've done that is if you book a holiday right now with an Irish travel agent and the travel agent goes bust, they have a, a fully bonded scheme, which means you get your money back. Or if you're overseas, they bring you home. So the question mark was then, well, that only covers holiday, but does it also cover the voucher that a tour operator or a travel agent will give me? And the government have said, listen, it'll cover the travel, it'll cover the vouchers too, if that puts your mind at rest. So, so that means that, that if I book a holiday with a travel agent, that say I booked a holiday for a travel agent in July, that's now over. They're giving me a voucher. I don't need to worry that they're going to go bust because even if they do go bust, the government are going to honour that voucher and give me, what, a voucher or... My cash. They back. would give you the, 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 the well. I mean, it would all depend. I, I, they'd have to give you the cash refund because the company wouldn't exist. So, so the holiday right. wouldn't exist. So, the, so, so that's the, so that's the, the rules as they stand. And and then it, let's say in a worst case scenario, if you have a flight booked with a company, an airline, a small little airline, you know, let's call them Football Air, and yeah. Football Air go out of business, um, and you have a voucher, there would be a possibility that you could apply for a, what's known as a chargeback with your bank. And if you've paid for the ticket with a credit card or a debit card, you can apply to your bank for a chargeback. Then the bank refunds you and the, your bank chases the airline's bank for that money. And then, so that's how that works. So that's another op- option for people should the worst case scenario happen. And so what is the time I, frame I there? It, like how, how long well, do you within have? 120... It's within 120, 120 days of the business failing to provide you with the service. Okay. So let's say the business fails, you know, go, goes bust in six weeks' time. You'd have 120 days from that point to make your claim. So I, I wouldn't be overly concerned. And there's no point in being overly concerned about what might happen to a business in the future if I take a voucher. Um, and the reality is that some people will be in a position to take vouchers, people who maybe haven't lost their jobs, people who are in the fortunate position that their economic circumstances haven't changed greatly. But then there's also going to be a large cohort of people who've seen their jobs just disappear they might work in retail they might work in the hospitality sector and they might need the cash and they might need the cash so i think what we need to have in place is a system kind of like how the banks have been operating with mortgage holidays for people who've been directly impacted by covid19 whereby if you've been impacted you can get a you can get your cash back and if you haven't been impacted, well, then as a sign of solidarity with the people who have been impacted, you might be as well off taking the voucher, which would allow. So I think, you know, that that would be an ideal scenario. So people like me take the voucher, say, listen, I'm just going to put that aside. And I know that I've got a 500 euro voucher towards my next holiday whenever I can take that. And, you know, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for a lot of people. So then we acknowledge that, like other people, like if you can afford to take the voucher, take it because there's definitely someone out there who can't. And That's you exactly don't want right. the you might want your money back now, but you're probably going to want a cheap flight in the next few years. And or gonna... if, if, they, if they exist, definitely. I mean, the thing is, air travel and travel in general is going to be changed fundamentally. Yeah, what's it going to look like? 
it's going to look incredibly different to how it looks now. Because for a start, what, what you're going to see is you're going to see everyone's going to be wearing face masks on planes. There's going to have to be social distancing measures in airports, which means that you're not going to be able to see that mad scramble for boarding. And you're go- it's all have to going to be much more ordered. There's going to be longer queues. There's going to be a longer waiting time in an airport because of those queues. Um, and you're going to ultimately see prices increase because in the short term, once airlines are, li- are allowed to fly again, they'll probably put on all manner of sales because they have all the planes, they have all the crews, and they just want to fill those planes insofar as they can with social distancing measures being put in place. But then as as the months turn into years, you're going to see a dramatic scaling back of the number of people traveling. So airlines are saying, listen, if we, if we, if we get back to where we were in 2019, by 2022, 2023, we'll be doing well. So there will be a dramatic decline in the number of people who want to get on planes, who want to go to foreign countries. Um, and as a result, you're going to see a curtailment of the services. So instead of having five flights a day to Malaga, you might have five flights a week to Malaga. But so do you think you're going to climb in that sense then that your voucher is because some people are being offered 10% extra on their voucher rather than the refund. Do you think that that those vouchers you'll definitely probably have to top up if you're tra- traveling next year? Oh, for sure. And the thing is, a lot of people like they, they benefited from the vouchers because they, they benefited from the cheap flights. So you're able to buy a 30 euro flight to Barcelona and the person is going, well, a 30 euro flight a 30 euro voucher is going to be useless in a climate where um, there's, no, uh, there's, there's no cheap flight. Yeah. Exactly. So I can understand where people are coming from, but unfortunately, that's just the nature of aviation now. That the cheap flights were something that we all were delighted to take advantage of, and we'd give out yards about the airlines because they didn't give us nice sandwiches on the plane or because they treated us slightly mean when we were at the boarding desks, even though they were flying us to Madrid for a fiver. Yeah. You know? So, but th- those days might be over. Right. No, they mightn't be. They might. But they might. They're certainly gone for a while. I think in the in the medium term, things will change. Um, and but you know, we 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 will adapt and we 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 will do other things. What happens if an airline cancels your flight, but you've booked a tour company and they don't cancel the trip, or vice versa? Well, tech, now that's an interesting question because if let's say an airline cancels your flight. And you have a holiday or a hotel booked in northern Italy. The hotel is, is within its rights to say to you, oh, listen, it's, like you didn't book this as part of a package holiday. Right, so you okay. booked two different elements. Flight was one element. Uh, accommodation was another element. So the hotel will say, well, it's not my fault that you can't get here. I didn't cancel your flight. But you so can say result, it's not my fault that I can't get there. True. I can't but, swim. But, <laughs> No, but absolutely. But the, but the, the the holiday accommodation will say, we didn't sell you anything else. All yes, we okay. sold you was the hotel room. Now, if you can't, we don't know that you're coming from Dublin. You could have been coming from Milan to Venice. So we don't know. And it's not our responsibility to take care of you simply because your airline isn't taking care of you. So in that instance, you would almost certainly lose your accommodation. Except then, a, lot of, a lot of accommodation providers are saying, listen, we understand the borders are closed. International travel has been dramatically curtailed. So we'll give you a voucher for next year. But right, under no okay. circumstances would, should you ex- expect to get a, refund, get a refund in that instance. And what about then your insurance? Does insurance matter a damn during this? Because I know someone who has their trip so they they booked a trip which is meant to be in may um with their insurance that expires in june Mm. and they don't know whether 
they're going to get any of it back? Does insurance even work in a pandemic? Well, the whole nature of insurance, as you know, is that it, it's based on the principle that 100 people might pay, for, pay, might pay for insurance, but only one person will claim. So the insurance company will make a profit on the 99 people who don't claim, and yes. then they'll be able to use some of that profit for the one person who does, compl- who does uh, claim. If 100% of the people claim, then insurance doesn't work. It stops being a product because all of the insurance companies would go bankrupt instantly because they're, they, they've, they have all these very clever actuaries who've done the, who've done the maths and have said, okay, well, the, the statistically likely thing to happen is X and then Y and then Z and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, but that's, that's their gamble. Happen. Like That's not our fault. Yeah, but, but no, it's not our fault. But what would happen then is that all the insurance companies go out of business and then nobody's covered for anything ever again. So... What the companies have done is a lot, a lot of companies have terms and conditions in their travel insurance policies that run to maybe 30,000 words, which is more than half the length of The Great Gatsby and not nearly as interesting to read. Um, so they run to 30,000 words. And one clause in that 30,000 word terms and conditions will say, you are not covered in the event of the World Health Organization declaring a pandemic. Now, if that if that clause is in your policy, and it's in loads of travel insurance policies, well, then say no matter again? what happens, if they will say there will be a clause in the terms and conditions that says if the World Health Organization declares a pandemic, you're not covered. You're not covered. Now that's that's a standard clause in a lot of policies, not all of them, but in a lot of them. Now in that instance, forget about it. You've got no cover. Similarly, if you've taken out travel insurance any time after March the eighth, I think it is of this year, all travel insurance companies have a COVID nineteen exclusion clause put into their terms and conditions. So you're not going to be covered for that in any event. And if you have an annual policy that doesn't have the pandemic exclusion, well, then it all depends on when the travel insurance expires. So for instance, I have a holiday booked to Portugal in July. Yeah. I have I have a multi-trip annual travel insurance policy that expires in May. Okay. Yeah. I can't claim on my travel insurance policy for the holiday in July now. I can't make a claim because technically it could it still could go happen. ahead. And the next but policy once, is definitely not going to... Exactly. The next policy will not have cover for COVID-19. So I have a... Tra- and, th- and this is a real case example. I'm not using a hypothetical. My travel insurance policy ends on the 31st of May. I wouldn't be making a claim on that policy until the middle of Ju- July. As a result, I'm snookered. So there's a very small window of people who would be able to make a claim under their travel insurance. Now, having said that, that's not to say travel insurance is is bad or useless because COVID-19 isn't everything. There are many reasons why you might have to cancel a holiday. Um, And it's it's still, I think, an essential part of any travel abroad because, you know, we will travel again, we will go on holidays again, and we will need travel insurance again. So even though you might be going, ah, for effect's sake, it's useless to me now because it doesn't cover this one thing. This one thing isn't everything. We're yeah. going to get through it and we're going to need all of, the, all of the threads that make the travel industry work. We're all going to need them to be as solid as they were beforehand if we're, going to work, if we're ever going to travel again. And I think that's what most people ultimately want. Like it's easy to become and understandable if people do become fixated on this crisis. But this crisis isn't everything. Um, there will be travel again. There will be people going on city breaks. There will be people swimming in the Mediterranean or going to Thailand or whatever it might be. But it's just right now, it seems like it's all consuming and just taking over everything. And so I have another question about flights that do go 
So what if your flight isn't cancelled, but the government are like, you can't travel? Do you have any rights then, are you goosed? <laughs> well, no, this is what, one of the odd things that's been happening. It's been happening a lot with transatlantic flights. Uh, Aer Lingus has been running many, not all, but many of its transatlantic flights uh, in recent weeks. And people have been, have been saying, well, listen, I can't get on the plane because the US authorities won't let me get off the plane and the Irish authorities won't let me get on it. So I want my money back. And the airline is legally within its right to say, well, you know, we're, we're flying the plane, so you're not on the plane. But like, we're not allowed to get on the plane. But again, you know, I, I totally hear what you're saying and I understand the frustration, but it's like the holiday accommodation in Milan. An airline, I'm not saying this is what Aer Lingus is doing, is they're actually adopting a slightly different approach. But an airline can say, well, it's not my business that you can't get on the plane. It's not my business that Donald Trump... But it literally is people. your business. Like, that is your business. Like, <laughs> But they would say, our, our job... No, they, what they would say is, our job is to fly the plane and sell you the ticket. That's what we've done. So what Aer Lingus is doing is it's continuing to fly the planes, but it is allowing people to rebook for future, for future times at no okay. cost. And also it's giving people vouchers. And again, the whole notion, it comes back to the vouchers. It's what do you do? Do you take the voucher or do you hold out for a refund? Do you play a game of chicken with an airline? Because if the airline does cancel your flight to Chicago, say, well, then you can go, oh, well, you cancel it. Now I'm entitled to a refund back. Or well, do you wait you, until the last minute? You know the way Sorry, you can take what? a voucher? You know the way you can take a voucher? or they'll reschedule it, right? Would you be yeah. better off rescheduling for mid-next year with Chicago? Because in that case, at least if the flight price increases, you still have your flight. Can you move that more than once, maybe? Or no? Uh, I'm not sure. Well, I mean, at the moment, you just move it the one time. But like that would work if you want to be in Chicago in April of next year. <laughs> you know, but, but a lot there's of people no are way going, well, I don't, I don't know what I, I don't know what I want to be or what I want to do this time next year um and it, like it, it, so it's just it's just that huge level of uncertainty but to be fair it's uncertainty that's being felt by the airlines it's uncertainty that's being felt by governments it's uncertainty that's been been uh, felt by consumers so it's just all encompassing and i think that's why you're getting such a huge volume of complaints because this is something that impacts so many people and there are no simple answers there's like in, in the past it would be very simple for me i'd contact Aer Lingus or i'd contact british airways and i'd say stephanie preisner wants to go away and you've cancelled her holiday and now you're giving her the run round. and they'd go oh we're very sorry here's the money back end of story the game has changed and that's not yeah. what's happening now airlines aren't responding to media queries a lot of the time because there's just nothing they can say and they're just getting so many queries that there's they just can't deal with it so as i say as i said at the outset it's such a cliche to talk about uncharted waters and unprecedented times, but like we have never been in a situation like this. Well, let's and, go uh, to entire, go on. Well, let's go to uncharted waters for a second because we've been in the air. Yeah. Is the same situation happening with ferries and um, you know cruises and stuff? Because I have someone talking about um, so they've booked this big mad cruise, right? And they had to yeah. pay a deposit, and yeah. But the next phase of the, so they're paying in increments and the next increment is due next week. It's 1500 euro. And if they don't pay that bit, then they don't get the first bit back. But if they do pay that bit, it might be cancelled down the line. And then they do, they lose more money. So have you ever heard of the situation? I've heard of that situation quite a few times. And like the cruise, the cruise industry is, Goosed for the goosed. in the short term because yeah. we've seen we've seen what's happened with the with the cruise ships being turned away from ports and the reality is that the cruise industry has always 
struggled with infection because you know you're in a confined space and if somebody gets a, a stomach bug well then lots of people get the stomach bug and then it's just miserable for anybody and this is a much more serious thing than a simple stomach bug so the cruise industry has been hammered both from a PR perspective and from a real public health perspective with people falling ill and dying so let's never underestimate the the, the reality of this of this terrible terrible uh, virus and um, it's very difficult to say what somebody should do in that instance because a lot of companies, not just cruise liners, not just a lot of companies will say, you've got a 500 euro deposit. You, there's 1500 euros outstanding. Give us the 1500 euros. And if we cancel down the line, we'll give you a voucher for 2000 euros. But if you cancel now, you lose your 500 euros. And that, that, that's that, the catch-22 or the position that people are being placed in. Like they say, do I throw good money after bad? Do I just cut my losses and run? And I suppose it, that all comes down to what an individual wants and how comfortable an individual is putting money into a company knowing that they're only going to ever get a, a voucher back instead. Like somebody might be better off to say, listen, I've paid 500 quid, but I'm going to take the losses. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get that money back but I'm not going to throw good money after bad. Somebody might be happy to say that. Somebody else might say, listen, I'm going to invest the 1,500 euros in, in, in a future cruise that I hopefully will be able to go on. Um, it all depends on individual circumstances and how much money you have. And if you, is, is there any situation whereby you would pay up in full, honour your side of the deal, and therefore they would have to give you a cash refund? Or are we just in a voucher world now across the board? Well, it, re- it really does depend on the terms and conditions. And if, like, like, if you take a cruise, let's say a nominal cruise that's going from you know, Cape Town to Sydney. Yeah. I don't even know if there's any cruise ships that go that direction. And I'd say it would be a very dull cruise because it's basically <laughs> ocean, ocean all the yeah. way across. <laughs> um, but, so, so, but like, you know, it might come down to their terms and conditions. It might come down to what the, what, what the terms and conditions are of the, of the individual contracts that you have. So again, I wish I could say, oh, well, in this situation, you're definitely going to get your money back. Um, but you might not. And also the reality is that with the cruise industry, they're, they're going to be in a really tough, tough place in the, in the weeks and months ahead. Because an awful lot of people who go on cruises, and I've been on a cruise. I went on one cruise once and it was brilliant. I loved it. Uh, I didn't think I'd like it at all. I thought I'd hate it. But it was just fantastic. I took my family and it was a Shrek-themed cruise across the Mediterranean. And it was just deadly. Shrek as in the, the, the ogre? As in, as in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. Uh, it was, uh, so it was, it was, it was brilliant. Um, and I, you know, I would be a big fan of them. I've never, I haven't gone on them since because they're expensive. But, you know, a lot of people who go on cruises are older people. And they would be looking at the current picture going, don't fancy that at all. Um, so it's going to be a tough time for that particular industry. And again, the rules that we've talked about with the airlines are going to be the same uh, as, the, as these ones. You know, it's, it's all very much up in the air. And this sounds, this might sound like a bananas question now, right? But you know the way generally if uh, non-pandemic times, if you have a flight that was cancelled, the airline actually has to offer you compensation as well as a refund. Like compensation is now like out the window, is it? Yeah, under the old rules, let's say if you were due to, if you were in Madrid mm. and you were flying home and the airline cancelled your flight, They'd have to look after you until they could get you home. So they'd have to look after you until there was another available flight. But the European Union was very quick to realise in March that if an airline cancelled a flight out of Madrid in March, the person who had the ticket home might be stuck in Madrid for four months. And there's literally no circumstance in which the airlines would be looking after them in that instance. So the rules changed. Um, and oh, okay. you are not, you're not entitled to compensation. under the, the, the EU has already moved to change those rules. 
So you're not entitled to compensation if a flight is cancelled or if a ferry is cancelled or if any other transport op uh, option out there has been cancelled. That rule has been, been definitely changed. There will be no compensation paid to anybody in those circumstances. But for, to be honest, most people, they'd be just be happy to get home. Yeah. And if the, just so, I just need to make this clear. So the under the, the current rules as of like the week starting the 11th of May, is it still the case that you, legally should be getting a refund within seven days if your flight is cancelled? Or is that something that you said that is the, currently the case, but the Irish government are working to make uh, vouchers the legal accepted way of dealing with this? Well, it's 100% as of May the 11th, you are legally entitled to a full cash refund if a flight has been cancelled. And I was speaking to the people who, who run the European Consumer Centre, which is this cross-border EU organisation that looks into cons consumer complaints. A lot of them are about flights, and they have been totally unambiguous about it. As the rules stand today, you are still legally entitled to a full cash refund within seven days of an airline cancelling your flight. That is totally unambiguous. There's no black and white, or there is black and white. There's no grey. So when they Having say that, like you can, we this is going to take twelve months to process. They're not allowed to say that to you. Well, under the law, they're not. But they would just say, "Listen, we have all our staff working at home. We 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 can't we can't process all of this stuff in that time. It's just not possible." And you know, you have to have a bit of sympathy for them because yeah, no, absolutely, know, it, it, I'm not. This is know, just kind of getting. Yeah the facts yeah. right because there's so much yeah. noise about it that and i guess so it depends the, on how belligerent you want to be as well like exactly but under uh, under the rules you know entitled to the full cash refund but those rules can and probably will change in the weeks ahead and it, they will probably change on an eu-wide level and then you'll see them changing in the united states as well because people will say listen we have to protect the, the industries that connect yeah. us all uh, and then some people say, well, I don't want to bail out the the, the, the the airline industry. I didn't want to bail out the banks. I don't want to bail out the airline industry. And, you know, some people, it might be a bitter pill that some people just have to swallow. Someone has a voucher for Air Serbia, but the voucher they were given expires in 2020. Is that allowed? Yeah. Now, interestingly enough, under Irish law, they changed the rule governing gift vouchers and they, they they mandated that any gift voucher that, and this only happened just before Christmas last, that any gift voucher given by anybody has to have a five-year expiry limit. Right. So that was great. But I actually got onto the Department of Enterprise when air, when airlines started giving out vouchers that only covered three months or six months or 12 months. And the legislation does not cover vouchers that aren't gifts. It's very explicit that oh, a voucher right, okay. given instead of cash isn't a gift voucher. So there's no legislation governing that. And that means that an airline, whoever they might be, would be within their rights to say, we'll give you a voucher that lasts for three days. Um, and, you'd, you know, there'll be no law to stop them doing that. Now, obviously, they wouldn't do that because that would be monumentally stupid because then they just have to issue another voucher three days from now. So, but there, like, certainly they can say, listen, you have to travel between now and 2020 and there's, uh, at the end of 2020 and there's no legislation prohibiting that. Um, and then just the official situation, like the official guidance on travel from the government is like, are we, Don't. I know, I know that the planes are leaving though. Like, could you say, actually, I'm going to get on that flight to Chicago because Aer Lingus are flying there and I'm going to quarantine when I get there and I'm out of here. Are you allowed? No. Like, well, I mean, I don't think the American government will let you in because they've said people from Ireland can't, can't come into the United States. So you'd arrive at, at, at the security clearance, the um, immigration in Dublin airport, and they'd say, no chance, you can't go. You're not. But the, the flights 
to service thing. See, but if you were an American citizen who wanted to get home to America, you could. Oh, they'd, okay. have to let, they'd have to let you on the plane. And similarly, if you were an Irish citizen who wanted to come home from Chicago or New York, you know, they'd have to let you on that plane going in the other direction. And so then you just have to why, quarantine when you got here. Yeah. And that's why the flights are still running. They're not running so that you or I can go on our holidays. They're not running so, but for people who are going business trips, they're running because there are people right now overseas who need to get home to Ireland. There are people from overseas right now in Ireland who need to get out of Ireland. So you can't just shut down the airports and you can't just shut down the airlines and say, no one's flying anywhere ever again, because that would just be, it would be chaotic and it would cause untold hardship for people who, who might need to get home, who might be citizens of country A who need to get there from country B. So the flights should and will continue to run. The airports are doing a, an important job. The airlines are doing an important job. I'm not, I'm, I'm not really keen to bash the airlines in this situation. I'm not either. I'm sorry if it's coming yeah. across like that. No, I'm just... it's not. It's not. It's not. But I just understand they're in a hugely difficult position. And everybody is in a hugely difficult position. And that's why it's important, I think, to stress that what we need now more than ever before in modern times is solidarity between businesses, between consumers, between news organizations, just just to try and get through the crisis and then see where we are. Because we have to try and look forward to the time when we will travel again and we will go on holidays again. And hopefully this will all be a grim memory. And do you think that, like why, and I don't know if this is outside your realm of expertise but why will we be allowed to travel to and from the uk without having quarantine and like when can we do that well i mean like that that's a difficult question and i think one of the reasons is obviously the border and the six counties and the fact that the uk is a single entity and we can't have restricted travel or at least nobody wants to have restricted travel between uri and dundalk um it's 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 could be that simple uh, but it is it is problematic, um, and you just have to hope that everyone is working with the same goal in mind. And I think one one of the things that you've seen, and this is probably straying into an area because I'm not a medical expert, but you look at how the UK has handled the COVID nineteen pandemic, and you look at how the Irish government handled it, and they're not dancing in, in in step here. There's different things being imposed at different times. So I can understand why people would have concerns. But having said that, I, I can't envisage a huge number of people hopping on planes in Heathrow, desperate to fly to Dublin. You know, And not, when not technically, right like according to the roadmap for opening, like when can we get on a flight to London if we want to? Well, I mean, the roadmap is kind of, it's ambiguous on that front. I mean, what they, what, what the, the, as, as it stands, it won't be until July the 20th that you'll be able to leave your region within Ireland. So, and up until July the 20th, you'll be confined to a 20 kilometer circumference or a radius of your own house. So forget about June, forget about July. Simon Harris, the Minister for Health, has suggested that it might be next year before people will be traveling on holidays again. Um, Leo Radker has said that he would like to see some return to airline activity in August, maybe September. So you can see that, to, to, to use a, a cliche that seems appropriate, it's up in the air. Nobody knows when we'll be able to fly again and when we'll be able to travel again, for sure. And but if you're, if you're a betting person, I wouldn't be holding out for a holiday in July, August, September. There might be something going on in October, but it might well be next year. And if we 
try and do like the weather has been absolutely glorious are we going to be able to like once that 20 kilometers is lifted like am I going to be able to go to an Airbnb in Wexford or like yeah how my my understanding is that from July the 20th and again that's a movable feast it could be earlier if things go well it could be later if things go badly but people should be able to holiday within Ireland would there be restrictions for instance hotels will be able to operate on a reduced occupancy basis um from July the 20th uh, so people will hopefully be able to travel within Ireland uh, from that point. Now, as I'm talking to you, Stephanie, I'm sitting out on my stoop in Dublin 7, and it's like Barcelona. The skies are blue, it's warm, and it's sunny, and you're kind of thinking, do you know what? The whole lockdown scenario isn't quite so bad. But, of course, it would be an entirely different scenario if you were talking to me yesterday when it was bloody freezing cold and it was yes. lashing rain, and I wasn't sitting anywhere close to my stoop. So, you know... We are so dependent on the weather in Ireland. And when the weather is shiny, it's like nowhere else in the world. It's just a fantastic place. But it can be a bit cold and miserable in the, winter, in the summertime as well. So fingers crossed, we'll get a, we'll get a good summer. Lord knows, Lord knows the gods deserve, us, deserve to give us that, don't they? They do. And they, like we have been very lucky. It is much more manageable to deal with the lockdown, I find, when it's sunny. I just do of kind of look at the clouds sometimes when they form a line across the sky. I'm also in Dublin 7. I don't know if you're looking at the same cloud as me, but sometimes it looks like a trail behind an airplane. And I'm like, when is the next time I'm ever going to be on a plane? And will I have to wear a mask? And is there ever a yeah. holiday for me in the future? And then also, like, when it is an option, will I even choose it? Because I'm a little bit terrified. So, yeah. Yeah, well, we will I get mean, back to that place, and I'm looking at that very same chemtrail or cloud uh, <laughs> as we speak. Um, we will, we will get back to that point, and people will wear masks on planes, and that will become normal. And I went to, I went to my local Tesco today, and I wore a face mask. Now, if you'd said to me six weeks ago that I would do that, I'd say, "Don't be ridiculous." Ridiculous. Yeah, I'm not going to do something like that. But you know what? I was wearing it as much to protect other people as I was to protect myself. Uh, and I think that's, that's how we'll get out of this. That's, yeah. that, that's how we will get out of it. And we will travel again and we will go on holidays again. And there will be some disruption this year. But you know what? It's not going to last forever. Okay. And so I'm just going to basically sum up. If you can afford to take a voucher, take a voucher. If you can't, as of May the 11th, you can still kind of push for your refund. Your insurance probably doesn't cover pandemics check it out if you're renewing your insurance it's definitely not going to cover pandemics if you had a hotel booked and your flight was cancelled that's not the hotel's fault and they can actually they might issue you a voucher but you're lucky if they do because they could actually ask for the money and uh it's a whole new world and it's all up for grabs it's a whole new world isn't that the song from <laughs> moana or something it's aladdin how do you not know your disney references go back inside <laughs> and watch aladdin connor pope thank you so very much thanks a lot thank you if you are still listening i thank you very very much i would be even more grateful if you would share the podcast if you enjoyed it uh rate it and review it on itunes that helps us to get up further in the charts and helps more people to find the podcast so you could share it on your instagram if you have any feedback or any questions you can get in touch with me on twitter at steph preisner or on instagram at stephanie preisner and that's steph with an f our music was brought to you by only ruin our graphic design and artwork is by kahlo gara and this podcast was produced by the head stuff podcast network see you next week
this podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.